When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker, the morning after the night before. Uh, we've got our Eastern Conference Finals and Western Conference Finals teams all sorted out. Um, but before we discuss how we got there, I'm going to introduce Reams. How's it going, Reams? Yo, bro, what's going on? Yes, you did it again. You did it again, didn't you? The, la- the last time you were on here, you were telling us how great Chris Paul was. Uh, now you're going to come up on and tell us that he's behind Ricky Rubio all time. Um, uh, yes, how are you doing? Yes. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I've I compiled, I, I compiled my full list. It's not just Ricky, Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Some illustrious names on my list. Uh, yes. Um, uh, well, yeah, like, I mean, like you keep telling me, you're telling me to enjoy our win last night, but yes. like I keep telling everyone else, they've only got one night off before the conference finals against a good Miami team that have been resting up because they had basically the first and second rounds off, considering they only had to take on Trey Young's inconsistent band and uh, Jimbo. Okay, um, might have another pod for that, but yeah, congratulations. You came out of that, that war, um, like I said, you would. Um, so let's talk about it, yes. Um, Milwaukee came to yours and they tunely got dealt with to the tune of 109 to 81. Um, give us a quick overview of the game, sir. Yeah, it was it was early wobbles. Um, so it's got really good looks early, but just weren't knocking them down. A um, couple of missed threes, a few missed layups as well in the first quarter. Brown, Tatum, Smart, all guilty of that. Smart on the break with Giannis on his back. So I'm a bit less harsh on that one because you think you're going to get swatted into the sky. But... Um, feared the worst a little bit with Brooke Lopez as well. Brooke Lopez was showing up early, ghosting into the paint. Wasn't much rim protection in terms of um, repelling him. Horford was very much focused on on what he was going to do on the perimeter and stuff. Rob Williams, they said he was back, but clearly not really back because they didn't give him any minutes. Um, Yanis had this amazing stat line of the first quarter where he was 10, 8 and 6. And everyone was like, oh, he's on course for 40, 20 and something. I think we gave him some of those. I think especially the assists, a um, few of them were gifts. I think we blitzed a bit lazy, doubled, but not really doubled. And it just all it really accomplished was having a, an open man. Um, but found our rhythm, got got our, got our defending locked in and, and then sorted it. And then, to be honest, from... From the end of the second quarter, it was it was relatively comfortable. Went in with a five-point lead at halftime. Tatum really showed up in the first half. Match Giannis is 17 points. Um, and then second half, we started on fire. I think we scored four or five. At least two of them were three-pointers. And it didn't really look in doubt after that. Once we built that 11-point lead um, early in the, in the second half, which again has been a real sort of um, Udoka trademark in this series. When 
and, and the Nets, to be fair, when he gets them in, I said it on the last episode, when he gets you them did, in, yeah. there seems to be a real positive performance straight after it, whether it's inbounds plays or after quarters. We we do to go out and execute well once he gets them in. I think it's a good blend from him of saying, don't let them take you for a dickhead and also reminding them to be poised and not rush stuff. Mm. And start of the second half was outstanding. So Yeah, you had you had something that around that in the, the first the first half as well. I think you you came in for a timeout and maybe you were a point down and like turned around, looked back and you were up five. I was like, ah, oh, there you go. Um but yeah, for me it was it wasn't really yeah, it it wasn't in doubt. Um after after the f- the first half, who was who was your man of the match? Ah, uh, well, you can't look beyond little fat Grant Williams, uh, <laughs> the geek freak PB and J Tucker, or having his Kelly Olynyk game, as Reams pointed out last night, which it very much was Kelly Olynyk against the Wizards. Um, yeah, seven of eighteen from three, which doesn't read great on paper. You think, ah, oh, what eighteen attempts? But he did knock them down at key moments as well as as well as just a 40% clip. Got a few good little um, layups from driving out of there as well. Two blocks, one really good one on closing out. Drew for a three. Um, the other one was late on Portis, just to really, just from the headlines. But to be honest, um, I think it might have been, like sneakily under the radar, might have been Tatum, one of Tatum's best games of the series so far. He did. He got into a bit of foul trouble. I think the foul call was harsh, especially for yeah. the fourth one. Second one was harsh as well. But he was he was ridiculously efficient. Playmaking was there. Finished with eight assists. Um, picking it up at the point of attack. Making the right read every time. Never flustered. Never rushed. Um, the turnovers were high, but it didn't feel like that watching. He he was outstanding. Um, so it was Grant just by nature of the historic shooting performance, matching Curry's game seven record of, of uh seven threes in a game seven. But but Tatum was outstanding as well, and that's kind of gone gone under unnoticed in, in and amongst everything else. Yeah, it's gone unnoticed because he kind of he didn't need to do too much in, in terms of obviously we saw him get the 46 the previous game he didn't have to go crazy for you guys to win um what was your player of the game play the game play the game we uh we had a, we ran something really nice early in the second half again um it looked a little bit like a, like a horn set or a princess set it wasn't quite either but it was um Horford went on a cut diagonal then he took Yanis completely out of there by going near that weak side corner. Um, Smart pulls off, gets the ball to Tatum, um, and then and then Brown flared round the Milwaukee defense, and Tatum alley ooped it from the top of the key for him to dunk. Um, and again, it was it was it was after a Bucks timeout. It was quite after half time. Quickly, good poised play put us up eleven. I think he got the M one as well. Um, just felt like, yeah, when we're in control of what we're doing and there's player movement for the mm. ball to find, that's when we look at our best. And yeah, that stood out as a, as a really nice play for me. Yeah, I love that um, really simple one. But Marcus Smart getting that the three free throws at the end of the first half with the 0.9 seconds on the shot clock and he just flung his arms out like he was going to shoot. And, and to be fair, like a few people I think mentioned it, but end of game three... He's got the ball and he's shot uh, just to, to get the same thing, to get the same results, get the free throws. 
and it got given a non-shooting foul because they said it was a rip-through move. And he was like, what? And that would have tied the game. That was game three where Horford um, nearly tied it off of Smart's purposely missed free throw at a, a bit late at a buzzer. Um, mm. So it was nice, poetic. uh, uh these yeah. things balance out, like they say, across the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when that happened, I swear, all the time I told you that ah, that's probably the game for Milwaukee, you know, them three, them three points because I mean, the game for the Celtics because of them three points because they were just fighting tooth and nail just to keep up with you guys. And there's no way Brook was going to go for 30 or anything. We know Drew shooting is here and there, and there was nobody else who was doing anything for the box. So it's like, hold on, a five-point lead. Yeah, that, that might be the game there, boys. And I think um, I think it's it's weird to say because he's such a freak, but I think, I don't know if it was head loss when they went down, maybe 15, or he just, he, he did catch up with him. But Yanis wasn't the same like after that first quarter, first half. Like, he was mm. he was just chucking prayers, man. Like, he was just throwing things at the backboard and hoping they were going to go in off the glass. One thing about, like, about Yanis, like, he's always uh, an elite finisher around the rim. Like a yeah. Yeah, I couldn't believe night, it. Oh, my days, his touch around the rim was so heavy. Nasty, yeah. It didn't yeah. even look like they were layups. It literally looked like he was just throwing it. It was mad. It was just, about, like, it was it was just chucking them from, like, five. Crazy. Yards and uh, crazy, yeah, and I don't know if that's exhaustion because of the toll he's had to take on without Middleton. Obviously, like Drew has been inconsistent, and then Brooke has been a no show until last night. Connaughton yeah. had a good series until last night where he decided not to show up. Portis has not been great, Allen has been really bad. Wes Matthews has done all of his effort defensively and none of it on the other end. So I think he just caught up with Giannis eventually. Yeah, he just kind of checked out mentally towards the end. He kind of seen the game slipping away and was just kind of like. Yeah, I don't know. He was a good dude. Now he's now he's cooked food. Like there was there was some. Nah, nah, nah. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. (laughs) There was was some. There was some. We we got that someone saved. We got that saved for someone else. (laughs) I don't even know if he was a good dude though. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he just gets it and just kind of just runs towards the basket. Like athleticism, do do something. And so it was like. Get out of here, man. I'm, I'm upset because he let Bulldog stop to a win, but oh. that 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 guy was that was some of the nastiest hating I've seen in a long time, man. And what was your blunder of the game, yes? What was your blunder of the game? So yeah. Max missed about a bit. Um oh. I don't know. I, I think I think I think generally like the the wing guys again with Milwaukee just didn't show up. Like they just didn't show up at all. Um I think potentially we'll talk about coaching a sec, but Bud could have paid a little bit more respect to the shooting. That got out of hand quite quickly. Um but generally they just they just were second best. I don't know if you can really put it down to like one clear like clangor. Um mm. there, there was a few poor ones, but Yanis on that Marcus Smart foul was stupid. Like he didn't need to go for that. It was half court, one point six seconds left of the half. That was that was poor from him. Mm. And who won the coaching battle? Yeah, I think Udoka's Udoka's had a good series in comparison to Bud, and I think we've mentioned it so many times. But Bud sticks to his stuff. The adjustments are kind of there. Like every now and again, he'll put different people on matchups, but he's very much with his principles. And I think the the decisions of just having Wes Matthews chase Tatum round for 38 minutes a game out of 48 every <laughs> night caught up on him a little bit. Um, 
Udoka was said to Grant like them disrespecting you with the shooting, and they really were like Brook and Drew were barely closing him out, and that's a guy who's mm. like fifty percent from the corners, left wing, left elbow. He's really good as well. Um, they they were like really daring him to shoot, and obviously that come back to bite them because he, he got hot, and they're always there on the precipice of getting blown out Milwaukee because they allow that. Like it's the NBA. Like if they were to come up against the Dallas or something, I could see the same thing happening. Um, even yeah. Miami with Struess and Vincent and, and Robinson, I think that could have been a quick one for them as well, just because it can go wrong. I get it. I get the averages out argument, but just when you dare a guy and he gets hot, it's, it's tough, especially in a one-off game like a game seven. Yeah, literally. Um, and the vast majority of these games, if you want to make a quick read of the box score, just comes down to who, who makes their freeze at a good clip, to be honest with you. Um, for all the well, I said, I think on game one or two, I think I said, this is such a make or miss series for us just because we, they were going to be there all night and it's whether or not we had the bench depth to, to finish them, really. Mm. Uh, who were the lights too bright for? Grayson, Allen. Port, yeah, Allen's had it. Allen does not look like a playoff player. I think Portis was really poor as well. Um, Portis got into early foul trouble, lost his head, nearly broke his little glasses, bless him. Um, but also Bud, like... I think Bud, it's a game seven. It's a one-off game. I think I get it, the principal stuff, but they didn't stop any kind of bleed at all. Like everyone mm-hmm. kind of got theirs. Um, and yeah, I think I think in general, like you could you could say of a lot of people, Allen, Portis, Bud were poor. Drew went 0 of 6 from 3. That changes things if he gets three or four of those as well. Drew, Drew was meek and quiet again. Um, started looking like he might load in the third quarter, but then the game got away from him. So I think maybe even Drew, like Drew, Drew was was not the second guy that he needs to be in Middleton's absence for for four games at least of this series, and that killed them. Mm, agreed, agreed. Um, Middleton, I was saying when I was watching, Middleton must be a bit a bit away because I thought we'd at least see them maybe trot him out and see see what he's got, even just to be on the court and maybe just open up a bit of space. Um, by like a third, your guys weren't even chasing their guys really, and the, the, the spacing was absolutely atrocious. Because like, listen, it's, it's Yanis or Yanis or Bust here. Um, but yeah, that's that. And you're through to the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami Heat. Um, yeah, give me a quick prediction for that one. Yes. He froze again. Who? Yes. Yeah, um, that's that, well, that, 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 that's that, that's that Massachusetts Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, what's your prediction, Reams, for that uh, Miami the, Heat I versus the, the Celtics? I got the Boston Celtics in six. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. We've seen this Celtics defense stifle two of the most unstoppable seven footers we have in this league. So the Heat's best offensive player like off the bounce right now is Jimmy Butler and they got like Tyler Hero off the bench. Mm. If Jimmy Butler could get his stuff off against this Celtics defense after what they've done to KD and even Giannis at points, then Jimmy Butler is better than any of us ever. Ever thought, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I don't I think, think he I is. Think, like, I think... He's a fine player, but... I think you're right. And I think, I think the shooting thing could be good for them. Um... I think we'll struggle more against them than we have against 
Milwaukee or hundred percent, hundred percent. Their defense matches up really well. So I think I think it could be a real slugfest. I don't think they're going to have like an Allen mm-hmm. on the like we've seen with Robinson not being on the floor much. They're not going to have someone to pick on as much. Even Portis, like Portis is a big body, but he's a bit of a bozo. Um, and I think the. I, I do think the exhaustion thing is, is valid. Like, obviously, Miami have home court. First two games are in Miami. We have a night off. They've had at least three, I think, four maybe. Um, I, I, can I think s- what's going to tip it is that you guys are just going to have a little bit more firepower than they have. Yeah. But they don't mm. really get much from Kyle Lowry at the moment. Um, yeah, he's not really fit Gabe for Vincent and Max, Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Max Struess suits a lot of threes. Like, if, if you guys lose because Max Struess gets really hot and just... She was like forty percent from downtown. And you just got to hold your hand up and say, "Fair enough." Yeah. Like, you I, know think, I, mean? I think I <laughs> think we. I think considering how quick the turnaround is between second round and, and finals, conference finals, I think if we can split home court, I'm pretty confident about it. But I think if you if you go straight into it down two zero, I think it, I, I don't think that Spolstra and Butler are the type and Bam are the type to let a two zero go. But if we can split home court, I think we've got it. But I can see it going seven, to be honest. I think it's going to be a proper slugfest. Like, one of the only regular season losses we had in 2022 of any real significance where we, like, properly played our guys and whatever was against mm-hmm. Miami. And the fourth quarter, we totally sputtered. Tatum had the ball in his hands and, and got deer in headlights and tunnel vision and stuff. Brown struggled. Um so I think that's that's something to watch for as well. Like it was the only real game, and I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that's going to be long." Um, but I think if we split home court, I'm pretty confident. But I, I, I think game one's almost a little bit of a write-off. I could see us emptying the bench quite early there, considering the turnaround. Rob Williams still ain't right. Al Horford is knackered. Um, just got to hope that the shooting carries us really in that one. I think. Mm, mm. Um, so what's your prediction? Reams was gone with the Celtics in six. What's your prediction? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go us in seven, just because if I go anything else, you'll all have going with being negative. But I do think it's gonna be very, very close. I think it's gonna be a proper slugfest. Um, and yeah, we will need we will need good shooting nights most nights. But I think I think it's going seven. Okay, okay. Um, we've held off long enough, but uh, the Western Conference, um, of the other game seven in the Western Conference. Uh, Phoenix Suns absolutely massacred at home um, to the tune of 33 points. And I think at, at times, were they down 50 points at times? There was a time I didn't think they were going to hit they're, they're, they're down 40. They had, they had 27 points, yeah? In the, like three points. minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, 29 <laughs> points, three minutes. Viente Nueve, 29 <laughs> points at like the nine-minute mark. In the third quarter, that is preposterous. Yeah, I, I genuinely didn't think they were gonna hit sixty. Um, I was discussing it with Oggy. I was like, "Are they gonna get sixty points here?" They re- it really didn't look like it was coming from anywhere. Oh, um, Reeves, give us an overview of what is an absolute disgrace, man. Disgrace, man. Do you see the thing about games like this? Here, it's hard to even do basketball analysis on it because it's like it wasn't. It was barely a basketball match. The Mavs came out cooking immediately and the Suns were terrible. That's literally the analysis. I literally, Reams, I, thought, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking ahead to this and I knew you were going to cover this game and I was watching it and I, I was in the third quarter like, I don't know what Reams is going to say for like coaching battle because it wasn't a coaching battle. They just got slapped up. Like there wasn't oh. much you could do adjustment wise, personnel wise. There's no one from the bench coming to save you when you're getting slapped like that. It's the same matchup has been, it's, it's the same matchup has been all series. You know what I mean? The Suns just didn't come to play. And you know what, yeah, I think it's, do you know what's hilarious, yeah? I think the Suns, 
talked so much garbage this season. They were so dominant in the regular season in comparison to everyone else. I think the fact that they let this go to seven, the fact that they let the, the series against the Pelicans go to six, I think they were just that that that, that pressure of being the favourites just was just weighing heavy on them. And their guys just, bro, like Devin Booker. This is only Devin Booker's second year in the playoffs, so maybe you could give him a black. I won't because he thinks he's him. I won't, but maybe you can give him a black. Chris. Christopher has been here many times before, and he's folded many times before. So, it, it, we just is got to decide. I think, this is, I think this is 0 and 7 for game sevens for, for 0, and 7, 0 and 7. That is a oh, not even 2 and 7. Like, I'd give you if he had 2 and 7, I'd be like, okay, there's a couple of times where he got the job done. He's never got the job done in a win or go home game seven. That is embarrassing. And he's literally one of the best players of his generation. Like, it's time to admit that this guy is a bona fide, certified, undeniable loser. That's it. And he went out just as sad as I could have imagined. Devin Booker went out even sadder than he did, to be honest, because Devin Booker is like a young man in the prime of his career. At least Christopher is 50 years old. Like, at the very least, you could say, okay, maybe... I got a stat here. Hold on. You know me. I'm a stat man these days. Yeah, while you're here, listen, I, I'm absolutely sick, and I think um, it was it was I think it was maybe haters' muse that was circulating that 0 and seven. I think he's th before yesterday it was three and four in game sevens. Um, so he's oh, he's is it not true? Nah, it's not. He's oh. three. <laughs> he's three. He's th they got three. me. They got yeah. me. No way. <laughs> he's three. Of that is, they got me too. Oh no. <laughs> He's three. Yeah, he's three. Yeah, he's three. He's three of five now. But hey, listen, the way they lost, that may as well be true. Oh. Uh, it's absolutely <laughs> shocking business, man. Oh, I, I can't I can't believe what I was watching. I, I really oh. can't believe what I was watching. Right, so here's 36-year-old Chris Paul in the 2022 pro season. 69 field goals, 13 turnovers in eight games. The Suns are six and two when Chris Paul's 36. 37-year-old Chris Paul <laughs> in the playoffs. 18 field goals, 18 turnovers, one and four. He was the he was the youngest 36 year old I'd ever seen. Then he became the oldest 37 year old I ever seen. Absolutely, he hasn't had a good game of basketball since he turned 37. This what, is he, what was he cooking on his birthday night? Where did he go? If that becomes like that in Arizona. What was he I, honestly? I've never, I've never seen anything like this. Oh my like, days! I, the the, the, the one eighty in terms of his performance since he's turned thirty-seven. I know what's going to happen. He's going to come out. He's he had some sort of injury which he was hiding, which is always the case of oh. him in, in the playoffs I'm, when it all uh, when it all goes to shit. Um, I've compiled a list of the greatest point guards of all time. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you some of the guys I landed on before I got to Christopher. Sure, Ricky Rubio. Yeah. <laughs> Ramon Sessions. Yes. Sean Livingston. Yeah. Grievous Vasquez. Yeah. Derek Fisher. Yeah. Mario Chalmers. Yeah. Raymond Felton. Yeah. Norris Cole. Yeah. Oh, I thought Norris Cole was going to make it, you know. I thought that kid was going to be a good, good NBA player, man. Leandro Barboza, Eric Snow, and Josh Giddy. All of those. <laughs> Do you know why this is crazy? The last, the last pod Reeves was on was I think maybe a week or so ago. And if you followed Courtside for any sort of time, 
Reeves is a long-time hater of all things Chris Paul, but he was finally like, you know what? I've got to give it up to this guy. This is an amazing basketball. He played so good, I had to put my hate to the side. Like, if you play good enough for me to put your hate to the side, don't go and be embarrassing for the next five games because you're going to make a me look week, crazy. Literally, a week later, you get to go back to your hating best. I was so... Listen. Real hate like, is always win. Listen, Real hate is always like, win. Yeah, I was like, you don't even need to win. This is a chip in itself. This is a chip within itself. Like, Reeves has finally admitted he's a good player. He oh. it couldn't even last a week. Oh. You, you know, know what? what? I was hoping that... You know, I was, was low-key hoping... That obviously, I thought the first, I thought the Suns was gonna win after game two. I thought this series was in the books. Like, let me, I'm, I'm not even gonna pretend. Like I thought, mm-hmm. I don't know, the, the, the game plan was working perfect. You gotta give the the man's credit. You gotta give Luca credit because he found some shame, especially on the defensive end, and the mm-hmm. rest of and the rest of his boys really came up big for him as well. Because even in the games that they, some of the games they won, it wasn't Luca's greatest games. But you know, like there was. NBA Twitter discovered the word heliocentric, and they wouldn't ever let it go. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're saying like, oh, you can't win with Luca playing like this, blah, 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 blah. Jalen Brunson, first couple of games, it seemed like Jalen Brunson couldn't get get going the way he's getting going against the um the Jazz. He found his game. Spencer Dinwiddie got hot for the last two games after kind of struggling shooting. Mm. So yeah, you gotta give them the Mavs credit, but Jesus Christ, Chris Paul in these games. Even the games, even the games. Even the game, one yeah. game they won, he was dreadful. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So nah, he, he they really he really let himself down after a great season. He really let yeah. two, they let themselves down because they were really yeah. Yeah, I was gonna go through um all the top points, but what what was the point? It is literally absolutely no point of going through all the different topics. Um, eight and only played twenty three games. They asked Monty at the end of the game, why do you only play 23 games in 23 minutes? He said, it's, inter- it's internal. What happened um, was, I think I think a little bit through the third, at the start of the third quarter when the lead balloon, when the lead ballooned to like 40, yeah. he took Aiton out and mm-hmm. he was like, I asked him, oh, like, do you want to keep playing? Mm-hmm. And Aiton was like, nope. Didn't bring him back in. Boy. That's the, that, and that, that sounds like a guy... Not that my problem. Like, that, sounds like my problem that sounds like a guy that's already in Detroit to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Already catching Ken Cunningham lobs, man. Lobs, you know what I mean? <laughs> you guys as, lost as not me. Stuart setting them real screens for him, you know what I mean? Like For real, for well, real. I think, I think you've touched on an interesting thing for the Suns there. Like, a year ago, it was Aiton and, and Booker will continue to develop together. They're like 22 and 25 or whatever they were at the time. Chris Paul is looking like great for his age, la la la. Cam Johnson's developing, McCall Bridges is young. And now all of a sudden, it's probably swung too much the other way with the window closing. But Aiton seems to want out, uh, mm-hmm. didn't get extended like he wanted. Chris mm-hmm. Paul, who knows if he has another postseason in him after what he's shown this year. Devin Booker has a ways to go to be the main guy, as he showed by getting absolutely hotted up by Luca last night in terms of comparison of, of go-to guys. So all of a sudden they do go from this in unbeatable in like unstoppable force in the regular season with a long window to all of a sudden you're like, well no eight and no pool they have to retool massively around them. And yes, yeah, it, boy, it's gonna be an interesting, interesting summer for them. 
Yeah, this is the thing we always say about this the is, NBA. This is the, kind of, this, always... is the kind of, this is the kind of loss that makes a, a front office really overreact as well. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, they could really, they could probably run it back and still be really good. I think what they want, I think what they need, they might need a guy that to take some of Chris Paul's minutes away from. Him. Yeah, the the, you know the, I mean? the campaign Landry Shamit drop off was was big. Yeah, and, and do you know what? Yeah, the thing about the Suns that, like, to me, like, what their biggest strength was kind of became one of their Achilles heels in these playoffs as well, is because. Their three best players are mainly mid-range jump shooters. Even Aiton, uh, seven foot, he, he's really a mid-range. He's not really like yeah. a down low, bang in the post. Like they don't nah. have anyone that puts pressure on the rim. You know what I mean? Yeah, I and don't like, think you, you can't we get to the rim in the. You can't get to the rim in the playoffs. It's a problem if you it's can't problem, get to yeah. if you can't get somebody who's gonna get a layup, a dunk, or get the two free throws, and just get you some points in in a pressure situation, or when your opposition are trying to go on some sort of run then teams are going to go on runs for you. Yeah, Devin Booker, nice as hell, smooth as hell, can score from all over. We were talking about it on the, the previous pod. Yeah, not for me, man. Not for me. So we'll, we'll see um, where they go. Um, but our heads are going to roll. Heads are going to absolutely roll after the most embarrassing, most embarrassing loss I've ever seen. The thing is, not to say people doubted them, but typically in a season where one team is far and away the best regular season team, they've got the advanced metrics um, and everybody else seems a bit battered and bruised, they should be everybody's favourite for the title. And people are like, I don't know, I don't know. Their Rolex yeah. was ticking like crazy. <laughs> Their Rolex was ticking like crazy. Everyone's like, I don't, know, I don't know about the sun for the for the chip. And like, and shall, I tell, shall I tell you what it is yet? A, t- a team like the Suns here, we've seen like dominant regular season teams before just be just be regular season bad boys. You know, everyone references them Atlanta Hawks, but like obviously this team was a little bit different because the Atlanta Hawks team never had a star like they yeah and, like Devin Booker and Chris Paul are both stars, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like I think the thing with teams like that is if you haven't done it before, then no one ain't really gonna like Chris Paul's never done it. Devin Booker, as I said, he's only in the second postseason, he's never done it. Like you kind of have to do it, even like even someone like Giannis, yeah. Like this season, even though even though the Bucks was like were a little bit like meaty during the regular season, like in comparison to their, their last few years, you know, everyone still kind of had them as favorites going to the finals, just because yeah. we've seen them do it now. Even yeah. even Boston reams like we've had we've been four of the last six Eastern Conference Finals. Three of them have been with Tatum and Brown. Yeah. If they don't have that in their locker, they probably fumble another game or two in this series against exactly. Giannis. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So like teams, teams, teams that haven't done it before, no one don't really believe in you. Like until you get there, like Golden State versus versus the um Grizzlies. Like the Grizzlies were better than Golden State in the regular season, but going into the series, everyone was like, "Yeah, we got Golden State." Like you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna believe in Golden State's watch more than we're gonna believe in the youngest team in the playoffs watch. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and so, and they were correct too. Yeah. So um, yeah. That's kind of what that's kind of what was holding the Suns back, and even even up until about game two of this series, I wasn't. I, I they wasn't moving me. They wasn't yeah, moving I remember me. I you waiting, did. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was waiting for them to flip flip a switch when I'm like, this is the team I've seen that's literally just blowing everyone off the. And that's what they showed in them first two games, and then <laughs> I don't. I've never seen honestly. I've never seen in my 67 years watching basketball. I've never seen a team. <laughs> That was so favored, go out so sad in a game seven in front of their own fans. Like this might be the most embarrassing loss. Of it. 
I seen Golden State lose by 116 points the other day, and this was a more mm. embarrassing loss than that. Yeah, I, 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 I really, I'm telling you guys, I was watching and I knew it was over in the first quarter. I knew, yeah, I knew it was over in the first Mariah quarter. Mariah said it was over when it was down 10 points. I was like, this, I, was like, I, was like, I don't want to go there just yet. I tweeted, you know what, yeah, because there was a period of time when the, the, the Mavs was up like 10, and then like they'd go up 12, and then Suns would get a bucket, then they got 12 again, and I was like, Oh, I don't like how the Mavs really aren't pulling away here, you know. Like mm. he was getting wide open threes, good looks. It was missing wide open threes. And I'm like, this is the type of game I've seen where a team has the momentum, they have a team on the ropes, and they don't stamp on their necks, and it just gives them that little avenue to 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 to, to come back. Because in in the NBA, we know a ten point lead ain't shit. Yeah. Point lead ain't shit. I was like, I need this to be twenty four. And mm. then by the end of the first half, it was thirty. I was like. Honestly, you know that, that 30 point gap about the booze at half time were crazy. You booed your team at half time in a game seven, they that bro, they the were so they weren't coming back out to win that. But game you know what? We've now. we've obviously we've kind of rightly danced on the on Phoenix Grave, yeah. But when we've talked about how people who have failed to deliver in Booker and whatever, Luke Yeah, was, I was just about I, to go on to that. Luke was a joke, and I would go for as far as saying I don't know if necessarily the Mavs are the best team. I think Luca's probably the hardest guy to guard left in the playoffs. Like in terms of what he can get, it's a joke. Like he was, everyone made a big thing about Giannis's first quarter. Luca was twelve and eight, and then he had three assists, but he had set up more threes for people that they were clanking from the corners as well. Luca was them wide open threes. I was telling you about. (laughs) Yeah, Luca was feeling. Luca was like really. That's the difference as well. You had you had Paul and and Booker go zero of eleven in the first half. And you had Luca relishing every basket. Like Ooh. some of the stepbacks were a joke, Luca and he was just enjoying it with his diamond tester in his hand. I'm telling you right now. Have you ever seen a guy hit a bucket and laugh down the court every he single? He was giggling bucket. the whole half. Every single the whole bucket. Half was giggling, like, These bro. are the guys that are supposed to be winning a championship on my head. No way. That's what I was saying. Like people have to. Devin from Mexico is winning a championship on my head. No. <laughs> like, like, you have to remember, he's, he's 20, 23, 24. This is a EuroLeague MVP. He's been in this war. is a EuroBasket um, gold medal winner with Slovenia. He's stamped and fully certified as a, as a basketball player. He ha- was having fun out there. He was backing whoever he wanted down, turn around, fadeaway jumpers, step back freeze in the I corner. Seen him, I seen him post the up the fans. Hold that, man. Yeah, right, I seen him. I seen him post up DeAndre Ayton and gave him two stiff ones <laughs> in the chest. Blap, blap. It hit a fadeaway in this girl that ran down the court like. <laughs> he's he's I ridiculous. Like, I was like, this one's in the books, man. This yeah. one's in the books. He's ridiculous, man. He's he's absolutely ridiculous. Um, let's take a quick peep ahead to the series against the. Oh, um, just before we go into that, shout out to Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie as well. Man had the best game Oof. of his career and the biggest game of his career. They could not stop him. He yeah. was, he was seeing and anyone he put him on put on him, they, he was seeing food out there. Yeah. There's he, he, so shout out Spencer Dinwiddie because he came up really big and obviously Jalen Brunson got 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 involved in the party in the second yeah, half. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, but it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great first half, and I think yeah. they've, they've found the balance right now between Luca and Brunson's touches where Jalen ain't really got an excuse. I think he's uh, he's able to get into his rhythm where he's just got to do a little bit better than he was doing. Um, by the way, before we move on, you know how I knew that, like the booze at halftime were one thing. The other thing that made me piss myself. And how embarrassing it must have been to been there. One thing I've never got about NBA and American sports is like, if you're one nil down in the Premier League and you're at the game, you're fuming until you mm-hmm. equalize. 
NBA, yeah. they go around with the dance cam and the Crips cam and the jewelry cam and the kiss cam and everyone's <laughs> loving life. That's 20, 40. 20 points down, whatever. They went around. They were offering Kendrick Lamar tickets. They were offering Kendrick Lamar tickets with a with a dance cam. No one was on it, bruv. They had to just go to like some a few white women and a baby won it. A guy just holding his baby up won it because no one was in the fucking mood. It's the first time I've ever seen an NBA you, crowd be like, nah, don't that take game, That game, I thought we was back in the bubble how quiet it was in there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was quiet as hell in there. They didn't cheer it's, a bucket. And they was sad. They kept putting it on the ugly-ass crowd and they were all in the crowd like, to rally the valley by waving their towels, and there was a guy just sitting there I was, I smiled from my heart. I smiled I just, from my heart. Their misery brought me great happiness. Honestly, guys, you get your energy up, and we will give you some shares in the the, the Phoenix Suns franchise. <laughs> just give do something, please. <laughs> The worst thing is you have all these things planned in it. You're like, the media team plan all this stuff. You're like, all right, yeah. this break of the fourth, this break of the fourth. But read the room, blood. Just don't play them. Just don't play the thing on the screen. Man. Yeah. I, I, listen, what I want you to do at, at those breaks is go, go to Chris Paul, man. Chris, uh, Bullsack Sports said you're zero and 7 in game seven. Uh, we're down 40. What, what are your thoughts, brother? Kevin Booker was like, Oh, and nine midway through the he was embarrassing as well, but that's supposed to be that's supposed to be the guy that's supposed to be getting into Cub Superstar, man. Yeah, he, he, the door. Not Michael. Not... He's getting he's getting turfed at my door. He... Crazy, man. The bouncers are saying, nah, not with them trainers, man. Get Top out, five man. MVP, bro. <laughs> Top five MVP, bro. And a guy who they was, was harassing about us. not getting his MVP yeah. juice all How's season. Booker, MVP candidate. Yeah, no, yeah. No, they no, fought. No, they no, forced no, him no. into that that top five vote as well. Um, before yeah. we finish up, um, let's let's just take a quick peep ahead to the Western Conference Finals. So, obviously, they're meeting Golden State Warriors. You talk about experience here, Reams, and teams who've seen it all before. And in the last seven years or so, very few teams have seen more than Steph and the lads. Um, what, what's your prediction um, for this for this series? I'm not sure. You know, I I feel like I want to go with my I want to go with my I want to go with my head here. Mm. I would say I say the Mavs. The Golden State don't move me. They haven't but they haven't impressed me in either of their two series that they've won. Yeah, I know they won in five and six, but they were they were on the ropes a lot of the time against Memphis. And I fully, I fully, as, I fully hear you. As soon as Denver woke up in their series, they started giving them some tough games as well. Yeah. I think Golden State's experience and just a little bit more firepower is what got them over the got them over the line. A little bit of that know how we speak of. So they always have that in their favor, you know. Um, I think the Mavs clearly have the best player in the series. Agreed. I'm looking at day. I'm looking at um Golden State's defense, and I'm like, they they don't have a lot of great on ball perimeter defenders at present. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They've lost GP two, who was their best. Yep. After that, it's probably Andrew Wiggins. I think, yeah. I think Luca versus. I think Draymond's gonna do a lot of work to to try and deny Luca getting the mismatches that he likes to get. Yeah. So I think we're going to see Luca match up on Draymond Green quite a lot in this on the in this series, which is going to be interesting. We're going to see how Draymond could do handling handling that kind of matchup because that's going to be yeah. that's going to be a story of the series. Um, I think they're going to have uh Reggie Bullock, Drake all over Steph Curry. 
They're going to have yep. Dorian Finney-Smith draped all over Jordan Poole. We're going to see if they can get their stuff off. You know what I mean? Golden State is a, is a team that don't really put a lot of pressure on the rim either. You know what I mean? No, they don't. So it's going to be a case of, of, I think, it's going to be a case of who could really get, get the ball in their hands and make plays. And if 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 Spencer Din, if the Spencer Dinwiddie we saw in the back end of the series and Jalen Brunson could get the ball in their hands and really do that, I think that I think Golden State could be in for a tough series here. I think Steph is due a really dominant series in this playoff so far. He's, he 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 kind of shot the ball poorly against Memphis. I don't know if it's that's I don't know if it's that we gotta give Dylan Brooks a lot of credit. Dylan Brooks really plays good defense on Steph, so it could have just mm. been that, but. I think right now a lot of people are kind of looking at Steph and they're kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not, we're not sure anymore, bro. We're not bro. really sure what we're going to get. You know what I mean? You couldn't really say that before with Steph. Like, yeah. you, know, you know he was going to get some kind of fireworks. If Steph, people aren't even sure Steph is going to shoot the ball well. Like, when, when, can, when can we say that about Steph? Yes, so, he's, he's, had, he's had that decline now, I think. Yeah, I think, I think this is a very winnable series for the Mavs. But if, if Golden State come out and get them out of there in six, everyone's going to be like, uh, like this is supposed hey. to happen. Yeah, this is supposed to happen. Like you know what I mean. So I don't want to go out and say like, yeah, the maps are gonna go out with this. But like, if I have to make, I, if I have to make a prediction, and you know, like sometimes this is just what we have to do as fans of sport. We go make yeah. a prediction, and if you're wrong as hell, I'll just get laughed at in it. But, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say maps in seven. Okay, I like it. Yes. Yeah, I think we need to touch on a lot of good stuff there. I think what the maps are really good at as well. Is like when teams want to go side to side and move the ball, Finney Smith, Bullock, they're really good at jumping, passing lanes and just getting out in transition 100. and stuff. Even Jalen Brunson is good. Yeah. And yeah. and I I don't know. I think it's I think it's really hard to call, man. Like I don't I'm a, I kind of for some reason lean Mavs as well in six or seven. Like I think it's it's long. It's I don't think it's gonna be over quickly. But yeah, like Reeve said, I did, like, a, I did a little look into it. Yes, and the Mavs and the Mavs match up really well against them in a the regular season. They won three one. Luca averaged like thirty a game. Steph this is like, the thing as well. I think Draymond, if Draymond can can limit Luca, then cool. But I just don't know if he'll be able to do that all that's series. Really I like for Draymond. You know what I mean? Like I like him. I like him as 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 like a free safety in the in the lane and stuff like that. Like yeah, But like he's he, like Luca's just gonna pull him out. Pull him all the way out. And so, yeah, I kind of lean Mavs in seven as well. But like Reem said, we'll probably turn around. It'll be 4-1 Golden State and they won't be able to keep it up with the pace of it. But I think I think, I think, think Mavs have a lot of ingredients to be a really tough matchup for them. I think the size they've got, I think they play with really good pace. I think they they bait you into making passes they want you to make. I think when the shots are falling, they look like an, an unstoppable team. Luca is, for me... Sorry, Steph, but on current form, the best player in the series. No need to uh, apologize, brother. Hey, hey, I've just looked into it. <laughs> Steph was absolutely terrible in four games against the Mavs this season, and Luca was amazing. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I lean Mavs in seven as well. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of kind of un sort of un unspeakables about why. I don't think there's a massive like. I think I thought Aiton was a nice mismatch against Dwight Powell. I don't think that really exists. Like Kevin Looney, Dwight Powell, kind of is a wash. Like I'm not really. But yeah. I don't see a big mismatch there. Yeah, moving you, yeah. Um, so yeah, boy, I, I I go Mavs, Mavs, and Mavs in set. And I think I think to be honest, I think all four teams left are good defensive teams that can lock in for four or five minutes and just spin a, a game on its head. So I, I find them really tough to 
all the conference finals. I find tough to call. But yeah, I'll go Madison soon. Listen, man, Jason Kidd, he's built for this and he knows exactly what to say to his guys. And it's so interesting. I was reading some pre-game stuff for Game 7 and it was like, um, Jason Kidd just told his guys just to go out there and enjoy it. And you can when you're the underdogs. You've got nothing to lose. Um, all the pressure's on the Suns, aren't they? They're the number one seed. But Monty said to his guys, like, guys, you got to take care of business. Um, so that's they were playing with house money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm going to be interested to, to see how they go about their business. I think um, Clay and Steph, like you both have mentioned, they they go um, through greater variances in their shooting performances than we we've, we've ever seen in their careers. But that's what happens when you've been in the league for a decade. You know, thousands of jump shots. So um, I I am going to lean towards the Mavs as well. I think the Mavs in um, seven for me too. Um, but I think Lucas, he's coming, man, and he's coming really, really quick. He's feeling it now. Um, so yes, Reams, um, hell of a night last night. There's nothing like a game seven um, in basketball, oh, and we had two of them. Night, you know two, what? Yeah, two I, of them. I, I, I missed a lot of last week's. I missed a lot of last week's games as well, and like I was, I, I wasn't really active like that because I was. Yeah. Some old, some old personal stuff, but flipping. Come back just like the first night that I actually sat down. I watched both games in a night, and boy, there both go. games were both shocking and amazing in their own ways. You know what I mean? But yeah, that, that, that's all. I all I wanted to end my night was a was a Christopher pack. That's exactly. I was on the moon last night, so yeah. <laughs> can't say anything else. Lovely, lovely lads. Um, can't wait for these uh, conference finals. Uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you both again really soon. Peace. Take it easy, guys. Bless. Podcast Network.